Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Um, hey, before we get to the show, uh, we want to shout out our sponsor, Studio Sweden. Studio is a Scandinavian headphone and earbud company that wants your headphones to not just be a high-tech device, but also a high-fashion accessory. And that they are. They look really cool. They have interchangeable caps if you want to change it up a little. The quality is excellent. They're on par with the highest rated headphones that you can buy. And uh, using Bluetooth sorcery, uh, they can connect to any device, but they still have an optional aux cord if you're as terrified of Bluetooth as we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are. They also Using my aux cord. <laughs> if you're in your 30s, <laughs> like we are. Um, they charge super quickly, and they have a 24-hour active battery life. We're using the Regent on-ear model, which is geared toward clarity and balanced sound, so they're perfect for recording and podcast editing. I have to say my editing and recording experience has been so much clearer and easier since switching to studio, not to mention how rad I look wearing these bad boys. Oh, yeah. These headphones are sold at studiosweden.com, and that is studio, S-U-D-I-O, as in studio. (laughs) (laughs) And our promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, is live now to get you 15% off, and they also offer free worldwide shipping, which is dope. So go get yourself a pair of the best headphones or earbuds you will ever own at studiosweden.com. Now on to the show. Um, all right, you you are listening to Wine and Crime. Get it together. Get it together. Oh, wow. We're so stupid. We're you so stupid. We're the stupidest people crime. we know. The podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. And yeah. giggle inexplicably for a very long time. Mm. Well, it's inexplicable to you guys, but we know why we're giggling. (laughs) I mean, kind of to me, too, actually. (laughs) We don't know what's happening. I misunderstood the assignment. (laughs) We might pre-game episodes a little bit. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Got it. It's all for you. Kenyon. I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. (laughs) The overbearing one. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I'm just so happy to be here. I'm thrilled. Oh, I'm no. also exhausted and a little loopy. Kind of chilly. Kind of hungry. Yeah. Kind of chilly because I realize I've had the window cracked in my quote-unquote recording studio for three weeks. <laughs> It's November. It is 20 degrees outside. Sorry, heating bill. (laughs) It's the worst. (laughs) Well, this room is closed off so the dogs don't sneak in here. So I don't think it really affected my heating bill, but can't feel my toes right now and I'm very much awake. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. Hello, nips. These nips could cut glass. (laughs) Tip bit nipply. They out here? All right, we breast <laughs> be on our way. Um, so. Amanda, the diamond cutter over here. 
This week, we will be discussing medieval murders. Or, as Kenyon and I (laughs) accidentally did. Early Renaissance murders. We both sent to our text group, I might be pushing the medieval definition just a bit. We're both doing Into 16th century. The 16th century. <laughs> this is too hard, and we were in too deep to go back. The high, late medieval period. We invented it. We are historians now. It's technically factually perfect. It's fine. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Um, Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for medieval slash early renaissance murders? (laughs) Fortunately, Wink Wine Club had a selection that covers a large arc of history. (laughs) So we nailed it. We made it work. Um, This week we are drinking one from the quiver Malbec. Mm. And again, this is from the Wink Wine Club. Quick reminder, if you are not part of Wink Wine Club, or if you're just joining us today, welcome to episode 41. Um, This wine club is all operated online. It's based out of California. You go online to wink.com. That's W-I-N-C.com. You can sign up. You can take a little, like, flavor assessment so that they can help pair some wines that you might be drawn to. Um, If they pair something and you're like, I'm not super into that, let's check out something else, you can scroll through their hundreds of bottles that they have on their website. Um, Put four in your cart. They take care of the shipping. It's delivered right to your door or to an an alternative pickup location. Um, Since it is alcohol delivery... Like work or the local Walgreens where I go get my <laughs> insulin and my wine and everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. Um, because Gumbo. it does require an ID for you to sign for it. You have to be 21. That's just how America works. Thanks, Trump. Um, <laughs> but if you have not yet signed up, you can go ahead and use our promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, and that's going to get you 20 bucks off of your first order. Um, it's totally risk-free. You can cancel it at any time. I don't know why you would, because it's honestly the greatest part of my month is getting it's this wink box. It's, it's so, so exciting. Amazing. I and love it. We've been starting to get in the habit of letting you guys know in advance what, you know, four upcoming bottles you can expect us to feature on the show. So you can even go on and do kind of like a wine and crime curated box, which is super fun. Um, So we've got one from the Quiver Malbec. This wine, I looked it up in um, a couple of different spots, and it has a critic score of 86 out of 100, which is super high. Ooh, wow. Um, It's only available through Wink, so if you're not already on board, go ahead and treat yourself. This bottle would be worth it alone. Um, This is an Argentinian Malbec from the region of Mendoza, and I don't Mm. think we've actually done a Malbec before, so we're just going to focus on that varietal today. I love Malbecs. Um, I'm Me so too. Excited. They're so good. So good. Malbec pairs is... well with a Marlboro. Oh, <laughs> like Ew. like the cigarette. <laughs> like I just the think man. it sounds like Malbec. Or like the man. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I would drink Malbec off the back of a Marlboro man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he shaved out of it. his ten gallon hat. Yeah. Ooh, John Belial. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
<clears throat> Malbec is a black-skinned grape variety. It's native to southwestern France because apparently all wine is native to either France or Italy. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Um, but it's now better known as the iconic wine grape of Argentina. And through its success in the vineyards of Mendoza, in a few short decades, Malbec has shot from like a relatively obscure, kind of overlooked varietal to international fame, which I like to think is exactly the trajectory of the wine and crime gals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> originated in Italy. Often overlooked. <laughs> originated in southwestern France, moved to Argentina. Yep. It's following perfectly. <laughs> it is everything's it all lining circles up. Back. <laughs> but this varietal really brought attention and respect to Argentina as a wine-producing nation, which is really cool because now so many hundreds of thousands of beautiful wines come from that region. Um, Malbec typically ripens midway through the growing season, which makes it a little bit finicky to work with, especially if you're growing multiple varietals on the same vineyard. Um, It produces small, intensely colored grapes, so very, very, very deep purple, almost completely black. And it is so sensitive to its growing environment. Um, The level of ripeness has a considerable effect on the structure of the final product. So the... The growing environment has a lot to do with how quickly it ripens, and then that process also affects just the flavor profile of the grape. So because of their differences in climate, French Malbecs tend to be more, like, meaty and rustic with high tannins. But Malbecs from Argentina tend to be a little softer, more rich, ripe, jammy, Mm. juicy, all the things that I love out of a red wine. Um, But on both sides of the Atlantic, Malbec wines are generally aged in oak to enhance the wine's structure and aging potential. So let's pap this bad boy open. And I know we're featuring a lot of reds right now. I promise you we have some white coming up soon. But it is also fall, and red wine is so good. I'm just trying to expand your minds here. (laughs) Not working for me. I know, but... Here we go. Yeah, really get in there. (laughs) Just squeeze the neck and pull. (laughs) Did you hear it? Did you hear it? No. It popped. (laughs) Did it? I swear to God. I just, I popped. I totally All I heard was the bottle you. dragging across your table. And you, like, hurting yourself. God yeah. damn it. It's okay. Hernia. Oh, well. It's okay. Well, I'm going to drink some wine now. Do it. Well, cheers, ladies. Cheers. Cheers. All right. <laughs> Lucy, what Nailed is it. our background and maybe psych on medieval slash early renaissance murders? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this really took me back to our European history. Oh, yeah. My favorite class I ever took in high school, except for Miss Sinkler's class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much fun. Also, hi, Miss Sinkler and hi, VP. We're assuming Hello. that. Hi, Doc Swanson. So, I, just for our listeners, Miss Sinkler was our 12th grade English teacher. And when we had our live show in Minneapolis in July, I thought that I saw her there and it turns out it wasn't her but I fangirled I like 
that's when I got nervous was when I thought our 12th grade English teacher was there. I was like, oh, my God, Miss... She is an influential woman. (laughs) Wasn't her. It wasn't Miss Sinkler if she wasn't sitting in the back with, like, some kind of mohair cardigan just just shaking her head at us. And, like, felted knit cap. Yes. Yep. God bless she, her. She told one student who wouldn't stop talking in class, hurry up and have sex already so we can all move on. Yes, yep. that was my favorite quote. <laughs> She's amazing. All right. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I want to preface this by acknowledging that this is a very Eurocentric topic to begin with, so let's just put that out there. It's mainly the geographic area we're talking about mm-hmm. when we're talking about m- the Middle Ages. Yeah, because nowhere um, else existed during this time period. No. Nope. Right. The historians were not interested. The earth was flat and only Europe existed. Right. Exactly. Got it. Putting that out there. Uh, So medieval refers to the Middle Ages, which lasted just so Kenyon and Amanda know (laughs) from the 5th to the 15th centuries. Okay, so we know that. That's why we texted (laughs) you saying, sorry, this is in the 16th century and I'm too lazy to find a different case. (laughs) I know when it is. There was nothing (laughs) I just ignored it. No, nothing. The internet failed us. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll let it go this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the Middle Ages can be kind of broken up by the Dark Ages, which would have been the first part of the Middle Ages, like around the 5th to the 10th century, and that's referring to the period of intellectual darkness Mm. between the fall of Rome uh, and the Renaissance, which kind of got going the 14th through the 17th centuries. And round to 2017. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Period of Mm re-enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Enlightenment 2.0. This period is the transitional time between what Western history calls classic antiquity, so think ancient Greece and ancient Rome, like that period, Mm -hmm. and what we refer to as the modern period, which is closer to what we're living in now, Mm -hmm. Renaissance, Mm -hmm. Enlightenment, etc. It is marked first by a major population decrease and then an increase as people moved out of the cities and began spreading around. There's lots of movement of people, and it's called the migration period, or as some may have called it, invasions. Mm-hmm. Ooh. My, my people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, namely Germanic peeps. Yeah. They uh, mm-hmm. moved around, formed new kingdoms. Um, this was also a time when North Africa and the Middle East came under Islamic rule under the Umayyad Caliphate, mm. or the Umayyad. There were different You uh, may have heard of it. You may have oh. heard of this caliphate. <laughs> um, Umayyad. I, I, I hadn't heard of it. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, I hadn't heard of it either. And when cool. I did some more research, it's fucked up that we hadn't heard of it because yeah. uh, at its height they ruled 62 million people, which at the time was 29% of the global population. Holy and shit. And considering the geographical area that they covered, it's one of the largest empires in history. Yep. So, and we don't learn about that stuff. No, it's it's ridiculous. It drives me insane. Yeah. Drives me insane. Um, so Christianizing pagan populations in Europe was also soups popular mm. in the, during this time. Oh yeah. Um, also Still the popular. Crusades. 
The Crusades happened mm-hmm. during this period, which was basically Western European Christians attempting to gain back control of the Holy Land from the Muslims. You know, mm-hmm. lots of violence. The riding on elephants thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugly. Not good. Um, universities came about during this time as the concept of reason intersected with faith. So this, this was like the most interesting period, I thought, when we learned about it in high school, just because people were like, it was there were so many clashes between the church and people who were like, oh, I don't know, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. they're starting Lots to like figure out little tidbits, and then they were like, but wait, how? Wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard out there. So this resulted in a lot of advancements in architecture, literature, artwork, paintings, and global exploration. Mm. Marco Polo, hey. Mm. Uh, during this time period. So a lot of shit's happening. Moving and shaking. Yeah. A lot of things are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, this era kind of ended on a bummer note. <laughs> the <laughs> late Middle Ages were basically a clusterfuck with the Black Death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which killed a third of Europe's population in a three-year period. Which I knew that, but every time I think about it, that is so fucked up. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> It's so fucked up. When I was in, um, when I was in France, it must have been somewhere in Normandy, but I don't remember exactly where it was. Maybe it was in, I think it was in this city, um, in Upper Normandy called Rouen, and there's like, there was this courtyard area, and we walked in, and like the tour guide was talking about it, how it had been used as like a dumping ground for people who were dying of the black death but not dead yet and they were basically enclosed in this courtyard and and locked in and left to die so they wouldn't like infect other people and they're like i mean you're not coming back from it right (laughs) but they don't heal but they were i mean think about how horrifying because you're still in there for like a couple days yeah. You know, and there were like just claw marks in the wood on the buildings. Yeah. And like Ew, that you saw? Yeah. Ooh. Thanks, Kenyon. Moving on. It's so cool. I wanna <laughs> I, I wanna no. go back, but like be like have a vaccination and just like observe. <laughs> Good. Can you be Lord. vaccinated for the plague? No. And it's coming back. There are places... It's still around. Like, the bubonic plague is still around, and there are places in 2017 that have the bubonic plague. Okay. Excellent. Like parts of China. I know most of my... I get most of my information about this time period and the plague from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, Bring out your day. <laughs> totally. Uh-huh. It's the best movie. It's saga. I'm feeling much better. I'm I not dead yet. Happy. <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so saga. a bunch of famines all over Europe. Bad news. Plus witches and religious panic and peasant revolts and wars and stuff like that, mm-hmm. etc. So not good times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> towards lice. the end. Uh, let's talk about violence. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I did some research on weapons, just so if in in case your cases have to do with some of these, we can have a 
real good imagery going already. Ooh, okay. So obviously all the fighting during this time was hand-to-hand combat since there were no drones or planes or Agent Orange or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, people's lives were organized around being readily available to go to fight for the king at a moment's notice. Mm. So training was a part of their daily lives. Mm-hmm. And like most times when we talk about this sort of time period, I'm just picturing scenes from Game of Thrones. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With dragons. Really accurate. Yeah. Uh, weapons ranged from, like, a freaking rock on the ground to something as technologically technologically advanced as a catapult. Yeah. So, at the time, that was, like, you know, super rad. Yep. Typical weapons included a mace, which is not the spray. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a fucking iron rod on a wooden handle to bash in, like, armor and heads and stuff. Yep. Is Keep it, it simple, people. Doesn't Keep it, it simple. Spikes? Doesn't it have spikes <laughs> at the end? Uh, no. The mace is just a rod. I mean, maybe, but there are, there are like, dozens and dozens of recorded different weapons that they use, so mm-hmm. if there were spikes on it, it's probably called something else. Okay. But this is just a rod, and it w- they were really popular because it required no skill to make it. There mm-hmm. are no blades. There's no, you know, points on it. My yeah. kind of weapon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Simple. A Requiring K-A-X-S. no skill. <laughs> <laughs> um, swords, axes, longbows, crossbows, spears, hammers, something called a halberd, which it might be what you're thinking of. It's basically an axe on a stick. And I have um, photos on the drive if you'd like to look, but uh, let me get to the most vicious one before you go. Okay. Um, A scimitar is a curved sword, and it's designed to fuck up your adversary while you're just riding past on your horse like the Dodgers. Riding dirty. And then, okay, there's something called a man catcher. So I want you to go to the drive. (gasps) It is like I'm writing this down. Hashtag propose down. Man catch her. Catch <laughs> so I am going to give you the description that was on the website because it is a little hard to describe, but this oh, photo will be on the blog. My God. It consisted of a pole mounted with two prong, a two-pronged head, and each prong was semicircular in shape. Um, and it had a, so imagine like at this point, it's basically like a bear trap kind of. Okay. And then the top of it has a spring loaded door. So this created a valve that would allow the ring, which has spikes on the inside, the ring would pass around a man sized cylinder and keep it trapped. Oh my God. I'm looking at it now. I just, oh my God. Insane. Isn't that horrifying? It looks like a really scary, really scary cock ring with like yeah. cat yeah. ears. Yeah, it kind of looks like a cat <laughs> yes. cat shaped head, which is what drew me to Ooh. it initially. Oh my god. Uh, the, the man catcher was used primarily to pull a person from horseback and drag him to the ground where he could be helplessly pinned. Ooh. Yeah, I'd fucking say so. Look at that thing. But uh I love this, it. This was one of the few examples of a non-lethal pole arm because this was assuming that the person you're pulling off the horse with it is wearing armor. Okay. So those jagged 
spikes are basically just there to hold them in place. They're not necessarily meant to penetrate and kill. Okay. Although, <laughs> I'm sure they would yeah. that probably not feel great. It would probably puncture a little bit, but it wouldn't They look so yeah. long. That looks like certain yeah. death. Yeah. Well, the main goal actually was not to kill the person. It was to capture nobles for ransom. Oh. So this Lord. really was intended for just capturing someone off their horse. Mm-hmm. But it's horrifying. Yeah, it's that is insane. really scary. Nice. Yeah. Um, they did have cannons in the later Middle Ages, which surprised me. Cannons. But I suppose the Chinese invented gunpowder, So, and that was like... Yeah. Hundreds of years earlier. A grillion so. years ago, yeah. 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 An accurate, um, well, accurate number. A grillion. I also have a buttload. <laughs> a buttload I, of years ago. <laughs> a crap ton. Crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> Swallow, Kenyon. Swallow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Um, I did do a little research on mental illness during the Middle Ages and how they treated it, because that also could possibly be involved in your cases. Um, So early in the Middle Ages, (laughs) earlier, communities took care of people who were mentally ill. Um, A lot of villages would, like, kick someone out if they were if they had mental problems or, like, point them in the direction of another town. So there were... Well, there were a lot of cases, like, some communities shunned them, and some communities took them in if they saw, like, you know, someone with, you know, like, Down syndrome or whatever, for Mm -hmm. example, just wandering around. They'd take them in and, like, take care of them as if they were, like, an adult child for the rest of their lives. Like, baby them. Keep them as, like, children. Yeah. Um, But later, as populations increased... Asylums and hospices sort of took over these kinds of roles. And there was this horrible place. Uh, it's called the Bethlehem Asylum in London. Mm. It was founded by some very nice, well-meaning church ladies. Mm-hmm. Bethlehem or Bethlehem? I'm not sure. Asylum. Anyway, so it was founded with the best of intentions, naturally, but it just went downhill from there. Uh, founded in 1247. Yikes. Which made it one of the oldest institutions of its kind, and it later became known as Bedlam. That's what I was going to Which is ask, now the like, word. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it me- the, if you ha- the definition of the word Bedlam nowadays means like chaos, confusion, violence, yeah. but it was based on this asylum. Yeah. Um, which was founded for people, quote, deprived of reason. Okay. Yikes. And... People were chained, living in squalor. It was a living hell. God, and it was built in 1247. That's so long ago. Oh, my I God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. And I'm not sure how long it was open, but, I mean, I think, like, a really long time. Yeah. Scientifically yeah. speaking, a crap ton of years. <laughs> a crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> So treatment for mental illness was varied and often intertwined with religious practices and beliefs. <coughs> Go figure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The church the church largely controlled medicine during this time with an emphasis put on spirituality. So 
Uh, one example, people could be treated by trepanation or trepanation, which is drilling a hole in the oh. skull to let the demons out. Oh, yep. good lord. And fair, whether, fair enough. If, if that worked at all, I mean, it was basically a crude lobotomy. Right. They're just fucking with your brain matter. So, But at the time, they assumed that it was because the demons were... Got out. Releasing the demons. That is um, the worst. 99% of the time works every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. <laughs> works every time. Or you just bleed out and whatever. Your problem solved also. Or you get an infection because it's 1247. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a time in the afternoon, not a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, what it's the five, fuck? Uh, it's 1247 somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so at this time, people, this was sort of started pre-Middle Ages, but uh, people were still being treated, treating the four humors, which are oh. blood, yellow bile, black mm. bile, and phlegm. Mm. So when people were sick, their theory was that your humors were out of balance. You had too much blood, so they would bleed you, mm-hmm. or you'd have not enough phlegm, so I don't even know how they solved that. But there was right. an imbalance of the humors. It feels mm-hmm. like the only, um, the only tactic they had was to get rid of blood, but, like, what if you had too much yellow bile? I think there were, like, homeopathic okay. ways to do that. They also would find ways to shock the body <laughs> so they could throw people into, like, an icy river, for example. Or my recording room. Yeah, or leave Amanda's window open for three weeks for no real reason. I feel like some of that, some of those tactics stayed until like the 19th century where, you know, people would go to like take the waters and they would have like ice baths and stuff to like shock the system. People still do that shit. Like in the movie The Secret Garden. Yes. The the little boy who can't walk and he is made to take an ice bath. Oh, Oh. I hated that scene. But I love that movie. That movie's so good. good. (laughs) Oh my god. I haven't thought about that movie in forever. Yeah. Nor have I. I agree. Let's so stop good. recording and go watch The Secret Garden. Okay. Yeah, we gotta there's go. This episode's gonna be to, out late. There's a link to a bootleg version on the blog. <laughs> there isn't. There is not uh, that. So there's also what they called, well, lunacy, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that the word lunacy Has was the moon. developed because their theory was that you you were a lunatic if you slept where the moonlight hit your head and that caused insanity. That was their yes. theory. Jesus Christ. All right. I mean, I get and it. And then, of course, lots of women were accused of witchcraft, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Literal uh-huh. witch hunts began in the late 15th century, so a little after the Middle Ages, towards the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, they continue today. Yeah. So yeah. fucking patriarchy and... Uh, That's fun. And uh, that- not a witch, so... Not a witch. uh, Not a witch. And if you are a witch, witch, that's still totally cool. Yeah, not a witch, but totally a witch. So not a witch, but not judging. (laughs) (laughs) No judgment. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Not a witch, but you do you. (laughs) (laughs) Not a witch, but and it harm none do what you will. Do your thing, girls. <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> uh, 
enough. That's uh, wraps it up for my segment. <laughs> I love it. Well, We're the worst. Um, if uh, your neighbors and farm hands in the brethren. nearby <laughs> brethren Surfs. are accusing you of witchcraft, um, you might want to think about talk space. <laughs> talk space. You might. <laughs> talk Not space. Not that. You need it if you practice witchcraft. No. But to cope with the persecution yes. of your brethren. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. They need it, actually. Yes. They, they need, need it, it far more than you do. Yeah. It's your asshole uncle who needs it. Yeah. yeah Gary. It always is Uncle Gary, <laughs> you dick. You if fucking you dick. are dreading Thanksgiving dinner with your family. Mm-hmm. You might want to sign up for Talkspace now, so you have it on lock. Um, Talkspace is an online uh, therapy company that makes it easy to connect you with an affordable, licensed, qualified, compassionate therapist. Rad. Awesome, sweet, therapist. empathetic therapist. That is tailored just to you and to your needs, and it's cheaper than going to an in-person therapist, and Uh it's more convenient and millennial, so you can text, you can call, you can video chat. It's super dope. It is Um, worth every penny. I talk to my therapist every day. I have been using it for a little over a month now, and I am already starting to feel the effects of just getting back into therapy. I can't recommend it any higher than I do. It is amazing. Yep. I love it. It's amazing. And one reason why I love all of our sponsors is that they all entail not leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Wind your door. Which therapy is the best your part about Talkspace. Mm-hmm. It really is, though, because I can't even tell you how many times I canceled therapy appointments in the past Mm -hmm. because I was like, I just can't. Like, I cannot Mm -hmm. get up and get dressed and brush my hair and brush my teeth and drive in traffic and go past McDonald's and go to this appointment. Yeah. You know, I have three jobs. When am I going to be able to carve out, you know, three hours a week? Mm-hmm. To go mm-hmm. sit in an office, like it's honestly, it's just not feasible for me. And it I, adds I've to tried your it. stress. Yeah, but I, a huge part of the success of therapy is having it be ongoing and not ending treatment early. And I have, I can't commit to that kind of travel, to, like yeah. outside of my home. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to maintain my therapy, I need it to be convenient. And I couldn't see my life without Talkspace now that I've started it. I yeah. can't believe it took me so long to get the courage to do it. So, I, yeah, I, I love it. It's fin- it's phenomenal. Yeah, and Talkspace is really affordable. It starts at uh, just $32 a week. And if you use mm-hmm. our promo code GALS, you get $30 off your first month, which is amazing. You can also show support for the show. And you mm-hmm. can use Talkspace uh, even if you don't have health insurance. Um, yep. So that that is nice and convenient and if you're between insurance or if you don't have necessarily the best insurance that covers mental health needs because our country doesn't support that which is ridiculous Uh um Uh you can you can still prioritize your mental health like you should be doing just as an individual so join our club treat your brain 
Treat your brain. Talkspace.com forward slash gals. All right. Moving on. Do it, Kenyon. Do it. Okay. So, as we already talked. them. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Spread your wings and wow them. (laughs) As we are. Fulfill your destiny. (laughs) As we already talked about, I am stretching my wings. Along with the definition of medieval. (laughs) By a century or so. Sometimes you gotta push the boundaries. Yeah. We are. Um, but boundary pushes. <laughs> but, but my case uh, takes place in Iceland, so I feel like it was pretty isolated at the time, so being about 100 I years behind. I see what behind, you did there. Kind of isolated. Is- isolated. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I feel like I'm going to get away with it. Um, yep. Also, what I like about this case is that it just is like, a psychopath that happened to live in the 16th century, but like could have lived at any point in time. Cool. Like, like he just, you know, sometimes there are just people who are born serial killers, you know? Yes. Jealous. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to be discussing the case of Axlar Bjorn. Mm. Um, which Sounds I, like every Minnesotan boy I've ever met. Right. <laughs> Half of our I graduating think I class. I think Bjorn I went to prom with Axlar Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> Axlar. Oh my god. Oh my god. I think god. you did go to prom with Axlar Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> if you're At listening. least sweethearts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Axlar... <laughs> You think it has something to do with axes, and axes do come into play, but it actually translates to shoulder bear in Icelandic. So Of course it does. That is neither here nor there. This is kind of macho. Yeah. Mm. Neither here nor there. Just a shoulder bear. (laughs) Axlar Bjorn is the only known serial killer in the history of Iceland. Good God. Wow. And he lived from 1555 to 1596. Wow. They haven't wow. had a fucking serial killer since the 16th century. Wow. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, wait. For some oh, reason, oh. I just put that together. I, I thought you I meant that he was the first, first one. Known. Oh, no, my God. Only. only? Yeah. Excuse me while I move to fucking Iceland. Yeah, full roll. Yeah. Can One. I come? One. One. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so let's just shorten his name to Bjorn. Okay. Cool. Baby Bjorn. Do you so, think maybe their diet of, like, smoked jellied shark smelt. has something to do with... <laughs> I would honestly rather live in their a den stability. of serial killers than eat jellied shark, so maybe... Samesies. Yeah. We could ride like white ponies across the landscape. This yeah, is what I'm thinking of when I think of Iceland. White ponies don't come with air conditioning and heat. <laughs> Iceland is super so, high on my on my like bucket list. Like I really want to go stick there. With my Nissan. But yeah. you could wear like a cool sweater yeah. and like thick socks. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, it sounds awesome. Socks. You can go in, in the, like, thermal pools and oh, it looks amazing. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I'm there. Well, when we go on tour, we'll make sure to do a live show in Iceland on the Wine and Crime Dime. The dollop did that. The dollop did a live show in Iceland just so that they could go on a trip to Iceland as a tax And write it off. That yeah. is brilliant. <laughs> It's We're amazing. Doing that. Yeah. 100% we will doing that. gift Iceland its second serial killer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Import that is, someone we're feeling a little iffy about. That could be our it. goal for 2018. That would be amazing. Okay. Live show in Iceland. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, so Bjorn was the youngest of three children born to a typical rural farming family on the beautiful but desolate. Snuffleupagus Peninsula. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Snuffleupagus Peninsula. Perfect. Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. Do you need a Kleenex? <laughs> Kazuni. Kazuntai Peninsula. <laughs> um, something seemed amiss, however, even before Bjorn's birth. According, according to legend, his mother Sigridu, um, his mother Cigarette suspected that her third child was quote not righteous while Ooh. he was still in utero. Oh the my god, child. he's like the, the fifth child. Oh. The best book ever after Cold Mountain. Her, <laughs> after Cold Mountain. <laughs> I'll marry you. I'll marry you. <laughs> in utero. In utero. In utero. In utero. In utero. <laughs> um, not righteous. Not righteous. <laughs> not righteous. Her first two pregnancies had been normal, but with Bjorn, she suffered, quote, indescribable nightmares and, most disturbingly of all, a craving for human blood. Oh my god, this, this is, like is the Twilight. coolest case ever so far. Are you this just making like this up? Bella's baby Renesme and Twilight. Is this your stab at like fiction writing? That would be amazing. It's really good so far. I wish I was that creative. That'd be so good. Okay. I was gonna say, there's no way she's this good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Plagiarism isn't cool, Kenyon. Yeah, oh, well then I'm <laughs> fucked. Um, her, her husband, who loved her deeply, indulged her bizarre cravings uh, by drawing blood from his own foot for her to drink. Oh, what a good man. I know. He couldn't just run to, like, the 7-Eleven and get her pickle, so he, like, drew his own blood for her to drink. But, like, Dan, when I require you to give me your own blood when I'm having my pregnancy cra- cravings, your feet... <laughs> Are nasty. <laughs> Pull it from your hand or arm. <laughs> oh I will not God. be drinking your foot blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Neck would be preferable, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. It makes me think, though, that maybe she was just really anemic. Because is is that a thing? If you're really, really anemic, that you would be craving blood. Just for I the don't think iron. you crave actual blood. I think there are uh, things maybe. that you crave that provide iron that aren't actual blood. But I don't know. It's a I good think, question. I think that could be a thing if you're just super, super anemic. You Sometimes like, people crave dirt. Sometimes I think 
Blood. Clay. Anyway, I mean, somebody Google, Google it. I'm Googling it. All right. Why would someone crave blood? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> come at me, Google. Oh, she might have had rabies. Ooh. Oh. Doubt it. Okay. That, doubt it. But she her lived. symptoms, yeah, her symptoms would have been recorded. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cigarette feared the child that she carried would be <laughs> some kind of monster. Um, but the parents' fears were somewhat allayed when Bjorn was born and he seemed normal. Um, and then he grew up to be a kind of like unruly child, but still normal child. Yeah. Okay. So he was like a bit of a sure. brat, but like still normal. Okay. Yeah, what you gonna do? So Bjorn's father was a plowman for a rich mm-hmm. and influential landowner. And the hello. two hello. The two got along uh, super well despite <laughs> their difference in class. Um, and so when Bjorn was four years old, the landowner agreed to foster him when he came of age, which was like a really common thing at the time. Yeah, it's almost mm-hmm. like these apprentices move in yeah. and they learn a trade. It's like going to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bjorn moved in with the landowner's family when he was 15. At some point during his teenage years, things took a turn. Hmm. He was said to always be in a dark mood caused by, quote, bloodlust and clouds of evil, which constantly blocked his eyes. Good God. He might have had rabies, too. (laughs) Um, He was closed off. He's not a bad kid. He just can't read the blackboard. He just can't read good. He can't read good. (laughs) Stuttering Stanley. Stuttering Stanley. But it says this rabies virus attacks the nervous system and can also cause oversensitivity to sunlight and other visual stimuli, such as mirrors. It's not so rabies, rabies turns you into a Lucy, vampire. quit trying to make rabies happen. It's not <laughs> going to happen. I think it was rabies. Can you live with rabies for, like, decades? Is it genetic? I don't know. I'll Google that, too. Oh, okay. my God. I'm glad she's paying such close attention to my case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Bjorn was closed off from many people, didn't have a lot of friends, and was very bad-tempered. Okay. One, yes. <laughs> one Sunday, uh, he skipped church uh, and decided to take a nap instead. Totally get which, it. Like, fair. I would have. Yeah. Totally that. relatable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was anemic, needed that nap. Um, while asleep, <laughs> <laughs> while foaming at the mouth, He dreamt that a stranger offered him pieces of delicious raw meat from a Mm. plate. And Bjorn ate 18 pieces of the meat before feeling suddenly sick. Okay, this is his dream. Tartar. And then the stranger told him to climb the mountain where he would come upon an object that would serve him well in the years to come. Okay? And Hmm. then some reports translated this as come upon an object that would bring him fame. Okay, my story is, like, eerily similar at this part. Wait, really? 
Yeah. Did you guys do the same story? We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> oh my but god. I feel like every medieval, every medieval crime has like a fever dream where like yeah. some specter offers you an ointment or has you <laughs> climb a mountain. <laughs> yeah. King Arthur. It's definitely yeah. like a so. prophecy. <laughs> so the dream made quite the impression on Bjorn uh, because the next day he followed its dictates. And mm-hmm. he climbed the mountain and found an axe just lying at the top of the mountain on the ground. Interesting. Sweet. Finders keepers. Right. And this axe would indeed serve him well and bring him fame, or rather, infamy. Oh, oh. quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I see what, what thou hast done there. <laughs> <laughs> you do you. Uh, you do. No, no, no judgment. You do you. <laughs> okay. So, it is believed that Axlar Bjorn's first victim was the cowman, um, like a farmhand, basically. Uh, a boy. Plowman, carman, cowman. I don't know whatever. why I said carman. <laughs> Mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Medieval carman. Culligan man. (laughs) Um, A boy about his same age on his foster father's farm who is said to have disappeared shortly after the axe discovery and was never seen or heard from again. Um, And it is also believed that Bjorn buried the boy in a dung heap. Not cool. Didn't he want to eat him? No, he didn't eat him. He didn't eat them. He just killed them. It's a metaphor. Keep up, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) I heard the raw meat dream, the bloodlust, the mother eating the foot blood. No, it's a it's a drinking. It's it's, I see I see why you made that leap, but no. He didn't eat them. He just killed them. Yeah, what a what a waste. Yeah. Waste of good human meat. (laughs) (laughs) So his typical Emma was a little bit different from his first kill, however. All right, a little bit of context, though, so you can understand how he was able to get away with all of these murders for so long. So, oh, no. It's important <laughs> to note that Bjorn had a foster brother, Gudmundur. 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 We can't go to be the Gudmundur. Iceland is like, you are not welcome. You visa, (laughs) not granted. We preemptively canceled your live show. The consulate is listening. They build a case against us. (laughs) (laughs) They called her cigarette and ham Goodman dick. How dare you go? Having a disrespect (laughs) fair. They all sound like Swedish chef. (laughs) Who is Goody? We love our listeners in Iceland, by the way. If we have any. Which I don't think we do. I don't know if we do. I have no idea. I don't think we do. So Gudmundur inherited a lot of money and property uh, after his father's died. And he quickly gifted his foster brother Bjorn a nearby farmstead, uh, which was on the edge of an ancient lava field, because Iceland is Mm. fucking badass. Mm -hmm. Um... (laughs) 
and Bjorn this lived is there. Not real. I know. Bjorn lived there along with his wife, Portis. No. Portis. No. no. Portis. Portis. Tuna Portis. <laughs> oh. It's bad. Yikes. I'm going to name my firstborn Portis. Portis Portis head. and Damien Faye. Portis <laughs> Yes. Head. Portis and Damien Faye. I'm writing this down. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I still like Damien Faye. I know you do. It is a problem. <laughs> it's, atro- it's atrocious, and I am 100% on board with you naming your kid Damien <laughs> Faye. Oh, Lucy has been wanting to name her demon son Damien Faye for decades. Dec- like, at least 20 years she has been mowing like, no this Damien. over. I especially like the name Damien because it's associated with demonic children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Faye is a really nice middle name. Oh Damien Faye. Oh the most and if it's horrifying a girl, name Faye. ever. Portis. No, if it's we... a girl, Portis Head. <laughs> Portis Faye. Portis oh, Porco. Portis Porco. Porcus oh. Faye. Oh. She's getting okay. worse. <laughs> Axlar Portis. Um, okay. I like these. Okay. Maybe I'll move to Iceland where it's not so weird. Yeah. You should. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this farmstead that he was given by his wealthy uh, foster brother would become his killing field. Ooh. Oh, killing lava field. Yep. So the farm was located off of a main road, and it was common for travelers to stop in uh, seeking hospitality along their journeys because, like, there wasn't the original Laquita. Airbnb. Yeah. Laquita. Laquita. <laughs> it's pronounced La Quinta. <laughs> La Quinta. I don't know. Um, <laughs> she is teaching remedial Spanish in <laughs> South Africa. It means the Czech. Oh, my God. <laughs> This would prove to be Traveler's fatal mistake Oh Okay. I have a question about the lava field. Is this oh, like God. hot flowing lava or no. is this like dried black crusty lava? Correct. It's like part it's like the farm most of the farm was like tillable land and then the mm-hmm. edge of the farm was like ancient like lava rocks, like lava mm-hmm. that oh, had okay. hardened into rocks. So it's like this cool, desolate landscape. That's what I assumed, but I was hoping that it was hot, flowing lava. That'd be amazing. That would just really add to the story. Bjorn that... lived inside of an active volcano. <laughs> NBD. NBD. And yet he still buried his victims in a poop pile. Yeah, And weird. he and his ancestors all had rabies that they somehow <laughs> survived for many, many years. This is the most dynamic case you've ever had. None I of this is so true. Much. Those are the two not true things from the case. I love it. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. So, Bjorn would welcome visitors and travelers into the farmstead uh, before brutally murdering them with his axe and disposing of the bodies in a deep lake on the property called Igeltorn, which Mm. that will matter in one second. Um, A deep lake. That's creepy. It's so creepy, you guys. There are photos on the drive. They'll be on the blog of, like, how desolate... Of the creepy lake? Yeah, of, like... 
where the oh. farm stood and like how creepy. Yeah. Do you see the photos? Do you see oh. the photo of like the farm next to the lake? Oh, yeah. that's the farm. I just found Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yeah, there's just a photo of Snuffleupagus. dancing around. I see the lava field. Yeah. The lake is so creepy. Oh, Thank you, by the way, for your screen grab of Google Maps of Iceland, Iceland. with absolutely no context of any other landmass around it. <laughs> yeah. It's just a chunk labeled Iceland in the ocean. You're welcome. Oh, I tried. I tried. <laughs> it's scientifically, historically, factually accurate. So Love it. <laughs> big water. Okay. He also may have drowned some of his victims in the lake. Okay. He stole the valuables of his victims and also their horses. And the fact that he was flush with cash and livestock and, like, that his horse stable kept, like, growing. Like, he was, like, suddenly Mm. he had 12 horses where, like, two weeks ago he only had nine horses. People were Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. Rookie mistake. Kill the horses, too. Yeah. So it caused a lot of ire and suspicion from his neighbors. Okay. According to legend, an old lady, don't know what she was doing there, but she was there, was said to have warned off a couple of wayfarers considering staying the night by singing the following lullaby to a baby in front of them. Oh my God, yes. This is creepy. (laughs) This is the most Icelandic shit. I have ever ever heard of. This is like one of Bjork's direct ancestors. Do you want to go to my notes and sing it and do a Bjork impression? Because I can't do a Bjork impression. Kind of. Do it. Do it. Do you see it? Okay. I see it. None shall None You're already feeling it. The fancy claws. He takes them too. I told Down the road. And I you, child. And you Sometimes I put nickels in the oven and it make music. <laughs> okay, we fucking crushed that lullaby. That was so amazing. <laughs> I think you should read it regular so people know what the fuck we just said. <laughs> so, <laughs> none should lodge with Gunnabjorn, good Bjorn, I guess. He who has the fancy clothes, he takes them to Igeltornmere, which I think means whatever lake. Lake. Mm. Blood flows down the road, and I rock you, child, until you doze. And so oh, a sweet pe- lullaby. So settling. So this couple. I'd fall asleep to that. Yeah, I so know this you couple would. was like, uh, I guess we'll be what? on our way. <laughs> 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 Don't worry about it. We're good. There's yeah. a Holiday Inn Express down the road. We're fine. And then they left a really I think bad I'd be a Yelp La review. Laquita. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'll just sleep on the lava tonight. I'm, I'm good. good. I'm, I'm good. good. I love lava. It's, I love lava. Yeah. I came here for the lava. This is why I'm here. <laughs> so accounts differ as to the number of his victims, but 
I prefer to go with the higher estimate of 18 victims, <laughs> not oh, only God. because it's more sensational, but also because it aligns with his dream, oh, in which yeah. he ate 18 oh, pieces meat. of meat. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that, because that's just cool. Um, so, Goodmundur, the rich foster brother was, like, yeah. extremely wealthy, even more wealthy than his father, and his father had been known as Ormur the Rich. Cool. Okay? So, foster brother, super rich, and he acted as Bjorn's benefactor and protector for as long as possible, so even though the locals suspected that something was fucking going on at the farm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that Bjorn was likely responsible for all these disappearances, um... He was under Goodmundur's protection, and so they couldn't touch him, basically. Just another rich male yep. protecting <laughs> a predator. Rich Icelandic dude. Yeah. Classic. Pretty much, Classic. actually. Just a rich yeah. guy protecting his friend who's a predator. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Not all Icelanders. <laughs> Eventually, though, Bjorn's crimes would catch up with him, and the prophecy would come true. Oh. So, <laughs> the circumstances leading to his arrest are somewhat disputed, uh, but the most likely story is that one of his uh, potential victims escaped and sounded the alarm, uh. and then it, it, his crimes like couldn't be ignored any longer because there was like an a actual victim. victim. A living yes. victim, yeah. Yeah. Um, so some say the survivor was the mother who, uh, th- whose three children Bjorn lured away and murdered one by one. Yeah. So, like, she was traveling with her three kids, and then he, like, lured them away to some other part of the farm and then killed them. And then she'd be like, where's Sven? And he'd be like, yeah. I don't know. And then she'd be like, where's, where's Oli? Yeah. Where's Oli? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and so then she eventually, like, put it together and, like, escaped. Um, or it was an adult brother who's, who hid in a sewage pit while Bjorn murdered his sister, and he, like, saw his sister being murdered. Mm. Um. A lot of poop piles in this story. A lot of poop. A lot of poop. Yeah. I love a story (laughs) with a lot of poop. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, either way, Jig was up. Bjorn is arrested and confesses to nine murders. Jesus. But authorities search his farm, they dig it up, and they find a lot more than nine bodies. Mm -hmm. Okay. He claims that it's because it was like an ancient cemetery, but they didn't fucking believe him. Well, and don't you think even before forensics as we know it today... You could sort of tell the difference between ancient bones and, like, fresh or moderately fresh bodies. I mean, come on. He did kill people over, like, a 20-year span. Sure. Still, though. Okay. I mean, I guess I don't know how how 20 years of decomposition looks next to hundreds of years you know what i mean of decomposition yeah. it depends i don't know on the, uh, environment. depends on the soil yeah and the temperature uh, and everything yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway they didn't fucking believe him so Either they probably way. could tell yeah 
Anyway, so they had they had an assembly, which was called a thing. What? Yeah, the word for it. Yeah, the word for this assembly was the thing. We'll get this figured out. I don't know. Someone just got lazy and it stuck. (laughs) It's a thing. I don't know. Have have the call the thing. Let's call the thing. Let's do the damn thing. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do the damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) And they sentenced him to a torturous death by hanging and breaking on the wheel. Oh, the breaking wheel is so crazy. Yeah. Is so, that when they just rip your arms and legs off? Yeah, they literally like entwine you in this wheel and then the executioner turns it and it breaks all of your fucking bones. Yeah. So was There's he ha- hanged first? I think he was hanged a little bit. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> Pseudo hanging? Yeah, no, I think he was like hanged a little bit just to like give him like, just to like fuck with him. And then put him on the breaking wheel. Good God. So that wouldn't be good. Really bad. Um, there's a picture of the breaking wheel uh, on the drive. The worst. <laughs> it's bad. Although the guy on it is jacked. He looks oh, pumped he is to be meaty. Here. Meaty. Yeah. Some Hello. outlander shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so then after death, his corpse was dismembered and each piece was put on a stake, presumably put on display for a while. Um, Cool. Also, because he was a real fucking dick, uh, Bjorn (laughs) named his pregnant wife Portis as an accomplice, and so she was also sentenced to death. Oh. Um, What a dick. Yeah. But her execution was never actually carried out, probably oh, because she was pregnant, and then by the time she had given birth, things had, like, calmed down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But The she, fervor had subsided. Yeah, they were like, oh, okay, well, he's dead, and we've all kind of moved on. and We're just, over it. Yeah, <laughs> we're over it. The thing is <laughs> over, and we don't want to have another thing, and it's a whole thing. <laughs> Portis is kind of a cool chick, too. Yeah. Um... So, she was, however, made to watch his execution, and as a special treat, she had her husband's amputated genitals tossed onto her lap by the hangman. Fun times. Fucking patriarchy. Wow. Yep. I don't think I I just imagine the sound of jello falling on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Just... (laughs) Right into your lap. Plop. Just like actually where the sound of plop comes from. <laughs> the original plop. The onomatopoeia of plop. <laughs> um, all right, last That's little cool. tidbit. Um, last little tidbit. Creepily, uh, the son that Portis was pregnant with at the time would also grow up to be a criminal and total douchebag. Um he was hanged for rape in 1648. Oh, Jesus. And then his son, so Bjorn's grandson, was also executed as a criminal, I think, rapist. What? Um, Jesus. Yeah, so both Bjorn's son and then grandson were executed as criminals. Good Lord. Can we just stop that bloodline? Yeah, let yeah. it be done. Yeah, so that yeah, was the speculation it that it was like, the it was just an evil bloodline. Yikes. 
This is so creepy. Yeah. I love it. So that is Axlar Bjorn. What up? Nice job. Well Thank done. You. Good one. Proud of you. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, well, I'll take it from here. All right, <clears throat> I'm pouring more wine. Mine is nah. the story of Giles Garnier Fructis. <laughs> I legitimately refer to him as Garnier Fructis throughout the entirety of this story. So Hi. be prepared. I'm so excited. Um, Fructis was a reclusive hermit <laughs> living outside the town of Dole Fruit. In, Dole Fruit? In the, and Kenyon, you'll have to help me out here because oh, this is where? French. Okay. Franche. Comte? Comte? Yeah. Franche Comte. That was, that was good. You nailed Franche it. Franche Comte, Provence, and France. En France. En France. After Go with your alone. first instinct and stop there. En France. <laughs> I like it when you drill it into the ground. You're welcome. <laughs> I took Spanish. <laughs> After living alone since he was basically a teenager, he finally married, sounds familiar, and moved his new (laughs) wife out to his isolated home in the woods. That's always a good time. Yeah, always a good start to a solid marriage. Great. (laughs) Let's just go live alone in the woods. An isolated home in Coon Rapids. Yep. Oh, God, no good marriage starts in Coon Rapids. (laughs) (laughs) So, Garnier Fructis had been on his own for decades and was unaccustomed to feeding more than just himself. He found it difficult to provide for his wife, which caused discontent between them. Yeah, it sounds like a real sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. During this time. I forgot I had to feed you. Oh, I forgot that feeding two people is more complicated (laughs) than one. I only bought. (laughs) Enough supply of hot pockets for me. You're on your own. <laughs> oh, you need pizza rolls too? No. Totinos. Totinos. No, no, no. The no. crumbs out of the bag. Yeah. Well, he remedies this situation. <clears throat> During this period, several children went missing or were found dead, and the authorities <laughs> of Dole Fruit were perplexed. Jeez. By the similarities in the and st- in, in the state of each body found, one or more limbs were removed and missing from the scene, oh typically a leg, uh, and bite and scratch marks were found on the bodies. Uh, because geez. this is the Middle Ages and like psychology and criminal profiling is not a thing, and apparently neither is basic police work. <laughs> Local police. At least not in the early Renaissance. No. They didn't have police, I don't think, actually. Not, well, though. N- they had like no. authorities, but not yeah. really police. I'm just calling yeah. them police. Mm-hmm. Robin Hood. Uh, authorities issued an edict encouraging and allowing the people of the village to seek out, apprehend, and kill the werewolf responsible. <gasps> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. One Logical leap. Totally logical leap. One evening, a group of workers traveling from a neighboring town came upon what they thought in the dim light to be a wolf, but what some recognized as the hermit with the body of a dead child. 
So some thought it was a wolf, some thought it was the hermit, some thought it was a hybrid. Soon after, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, somewhere in there is the right answer. Let's meet in the middle and call it a hybrid. Yep. Soon after, Giles Garnier Fructis was arrested. <laughs> According to his testimony at trial, while Garnier Fructis was in the forest hunting one night, trying to find food for himself and his wife, a specter appeared to him offering oh. to ease his troubles and gave him a magic ointment that would allow him to change mm. into the form of a wolf, making it easier to hunt. Yep, yep. Garnier Fructis confessed to have stalked and murdered at least four children between the ages of nine and 12. In October oh. of 1572, his first victim was a 10-year-old girl whom he dragged into a vineyard outside of Dole Fruit. He strangled her, <laughs> removed some flesh, and took it home to his wife. Uh, he ate her, he ate, he removed her clothes and ate the flesh from her thighs and arms as well. Raw? Yeah. So he ate some of the fresh raw, flesh, fresh, raw, and then (laughs) removed some flesh, typically from the leg or like removed a limb and took it home and cooked it for his wife or made his wife cook it because fucking patriarchy. Did she know know it was... Little girl I meat. have a hard time believing that if your hubby, your hermit hubby, brings home a baby leg and is like, here, <laughs> Portis. Cook this. Cook this. <laughs> Portis. <laughs> I think she knew, but, like, it's the fucking Renaissance and she's living in the woods starving. I can't yeah. say that. Yeah, You know, it's like, fuck, you gotta survive. Right. Throw um, a little salt on there. It's weeks fine. later, Fructi savagely attacked another girl, biting and clawing her, but was interrupted by passerby and fled. Unfortunately, the girl succumbed to her injuries a few days later because medicine wasn't a thing. They probably like shoved leeches in the gaps. Yeah, they like, maybe put this some mud work. on it. Yeah, here, I'll <laughs> piss on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> A few months after that, Fructis killed a 10-year-old boy, again cannibalizing him by eating from his thighs and belly and tearing off a leg to save for later. Finally, he strangled another boy, but was interrupted for the second time by a group of passerby, likely that group of people that were coming home from work in the neighboring town and thought he was a wolf. Um, He had to abandon his prey before he could return and eat from it, and he was apprehended. Well, as we learned from Dr. Nandy, it is hard to dismember a body yeah unless you're motivated if you're motivated you can cut a chicken yep um i guess it sounds like a lot of work fructis was found guilty of quote crimes of lycanthropy and witchcraft yep and lycanthropy lycanthropy like lycanthropes or lycans are like the fancy terminology for werewolf oh werewolf oh my god so he was he was found guilty of witch and werewolf crimes in the Middle Ages. <laughs> okay, well, he I'm was currently adding lycanthropy to yeah. our list of crime topics. Yeah, because yeah. this actually dug up the fucking the werewolf of Dole dug up a yeah. lot of other really good stories. Oh my god! Um, he was burned at the stake on January eighteenth, fifteen seventy three. Even though. Garnier Fructis was burned at the stake. His trial was done by the secular authorities and not by the Inquisition, as superstition was not judged by the Inquisition, which I thought was interesting. The Mm. Inquisition was, like, the religious side, I guess, of, like, the, you know, more fantastic theories, but... 
there weren't werewolves in the Bible, so they couldn't right. be like, you're a heretic because you're a werewolf. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. They, it yep. would kind of be a little complicated. But it complicated. just says superstition wasn't judged by the Inquisition. Is that just because they accepted it or because they completely denied that it existed? Yeah, they couldn't. Uh, they I didn't don't know. Ja- they didn't jive with each other. No. Mm. Weird. Um, and my last tidbit is that more than 50 witnesses deposed that he had attacked and killed children in the fields and vineyards, devouring their raw flesh. He was sometimes seen in human shape, sometimes as a loop garou or wolfman. Ooh, loop garou! Loop de And that's the Lou. werewolf of Dole, Garnier Fructis. Nice. Good job. Thanks, nice. All right, werewolf crimes. I'm adding it to the topic list. What's it uh, called? Lyca- lycanthropy? Ly- lycanthropy. L Y C A N T H R O P Y. Mm, I like it. Okay. Now, you're liking it. Ah, I love, I'm liking it. You're liking it a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Shall we move on to a special uh, thanks? Let's uh-huh. do it, cause I gotta poop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just preface this uh, by saying, if you donate at $2 a month or more on Patreon, please, please, please send us your social media handles. Uh, that means your name on either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, if you want your social media shout-out. So... We really want to give you your shout out. It's one of your Patreon rewards. We can't, we don't just know what your social media <laughs> handle is. I wish we had that kind of power. If we don't, and we can't just like look it up because sometimes, like, even people with like kind of unique the names, same name. yeah, uh-huh. there will be more than one of you. So, like, if you want your social media shout out, you have to reply to our message asking for it so we can give it to you. And I have clinical anxiety that I take <laughs> medication for. And when the list gets really long of people that we don't have social media handles for, I get really anxious. So so special thanks this week. Our fans are slowly <laughs> killing Kenyon. <laughs> You're all monsters. She's falling so. apart at the seams. Thank God so. we have talk space. So. <laughs> that is true. Some, so okay, true. Some of these people have already sent in their things and then they are literal angels okay mm-hmm. so shout out to maria macklin macklin moore emily jane foot thank you elizabeth stoppelmoore oh she's icelandic mm. <laughs> nope <Fortis. I> assume. <laughs> um <laughs> stephanie nakasone Woo-hoo. oh yeah pippa louise of Huddlesfi- Huddersfield, mm. home of Justice Butterfield, I Justice Butterfield <laughs> presiding. And Pippa's family has a crazy story real quick. Her dad, this is insane. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Her dad was a police officer in Yorkshire, and he was called to a car versus tractor crash on the moors. Mm, like you do. Um, the Yorkshire moors. Oh, mm. the moors. 
This farmer was really badly injured, and her dad was asked to help the ambulance workers administ administer emergency aid on the scene. So he's trying to remove the farmer's ripped-up jeans, um, ripped from the accident, not like fashion. And he accidentally ripped the guy's injured leg clean off. No! She says, my dad's pretty clumsy. He ripped the guy's leg off. Holy yeah, and he wasn't even dead yet. Shit. I don't think. So it doesn't sound like the farmer was going to make it anyway, so they just popped the leg back in the trouser, and the family never found out until maybe now if they're listening. Sorry about oh it. Oh, my fucking God. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for that, Pippa. Pippa, that was a great Incredible. story. And Pippa and asked us to share that we're not just dicks. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are, but. Yeah, uh, we have permission in this case. I uh, hate to follow that act, but also a special <laughs> thanks to Alyssa Marsden. <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah. And Emily Waters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lunar Lady YT. Cool. That's <laughs> Lunar Lady. And Love it. Taryn Malution. <laughs> oh, yeah. Malution. <laughs> Mal Malutian. Maybe Armenian. I don't know. Maybe. Taryn M. <laughs> um, also, thanks to Katie Deer, you are oh, a dear, dear, for your once-off donation. So if you have commitment issues, you don't want to do a monthly donation, that's totes cool. You can just go to our online store, which is wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com, and you can like purchase a donation in kind of any amount that you would like and it's just a one-time donation and uh -huh. we would really appreciate it so katie dear did that thank you this is perfect for uh those of you who listen to our show on perhaps the first and third fridays of the month mm, and uh -huh. feeling really good about your paycheck yep. and then you're like oh they're so hilarious i'm gonna give them some money one time before I totally run out on the weekend and feeling really depressed on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Been yep. there, been there, get, been there. Get that. <laughs> uh, lastly, Steve Feldman, another very generous once-off donation, and he would like to wish his girlfriend, Dee Lee, a happy birthday and thank her for getting him hooked on this show. So happy, happy birthday, Dee Lee. Dee Lee. Happy Woo! birthday, Dee Lee. your social media handles. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air... Visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Queen's, Queen's.
Nathan. Hey, Katie. Did you know that there are just as many impressive women as there is men in history? Hmm, are you sure about that? I think so. Uh, not according to the history books. Well, throw those books in the garbage, because this is Queen's Podcast. We take a look at badass women in history, pair them with a cocktail, and let you in on the lowdown of their lives. We're talking Cleopatra. Coming at ya. Catherine de Medici. Savage. Lucrezia Borgia. That girl is poison. <laughs> the Tudor women. Off with their heads. Marie Antoinette. Uh, off with her head too off with her head too (laughs) so tune in and grab a drink with us we're on iTunes Google Play wherever you get your podcast cheers bitches cheers clink cheers